When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blue Moon. You saw me standing alone. Without a dream in my heart. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair with two guests. I've got Joe Doherty. Good evening, Nigel. And Dave Hodgson. Good evening. Uh, 59 years ago today, Wembley Stadium, 3-1 against Birmingham City. I remember it well. And the great Bert Troutman, the great late Bert Troutman, broke his neck. And I was thinking, you know, we've seen those great photos. That, that, do you like the shirt? Do you like the kind of the, uh, what colour was that? Maroon. Maroon. Yeah. Mm. Good word. We've, Mar- got, we've got the programme for that as well. Yeah, so you've got the maroon shirt, striped shirts, Roy Paul lifting the trophy. Don Reevy up top. Don Reevy there. Great side. Les McDowell, was it the manager? Uh, I think he was he the manager then? Or he was a bit later than that, wasn't he? No, I thought he was the manager then. It was him that brought in Reevy and all that, wasn't it? Well, you might be right. I don't remember who no, the manager think... was. You may be right, because I met Les McDowell. Les McDowell taught me how to head a ball. Really? He did. Uh, Mr Pete, who lived next door to us, because, of course, they're all Mr Pete. And Mr Pete was a mate of Les McDowell, and he came around and he introduced me to me in my back garden, and... I must be about six or seven, I think, and I kind of like shut my eyes and jumped, and he made me head the ball at the front, you know, using my forehead. Wow. Les, I think by then he'd retired by then, he wasn't the sure. city manager, but Les McDowell taught me how to head a ball. Nice. But no, we, we remember that great team uh, of uh, 30, 59 years ago, uh, 3-1. So, so I was thinking, the great late Bert Troutman broke his neck and played on, and, and sort of in this day and age, you know, you get sort of your shirt pulled and you go down clutching, you know, your forehead as if you've been shot. Stand up, Adnan Yanazai. So who are the sort of the, the, the hard men who followed Bert Troutman in, in a city shirt? Maybe it wasn't a maroon one, it could have been a sky blue one, or indeed a red and black stripe or one. Or yellow and black shirt. I'm going Vandy Morrison. He's your hard man yeah, he's to, my be, idol. to be all hard men. He's my idol, just because I've got a picture of him on my laptop of him trying to punch Stan Collymore <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Someone who I don't have a lot of time for. So yeah, it's got to be Andy Morrison. And I met him once, so... So, Andy Morrison, you're a hard man of, of, of all time. Well, I always feel now that the hard man in football has become someone who's maligned. You know, people talk about 
like in terms of sitting of the sort of thugs, the Ben Thatchers, the Danny Mills, and say, oh, you know, hard men, you know, as, as, as a negative thing. But again, I, I, I'd probably say Vincent Company. He played a good end of the season with a broken toe, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think sort you're right, of right. N- nerve start of his temper. You know, one of those players with grit and determination, and just goes out and says, "Right, there's a job to be done. I'm not letting a little bit of pain stop me." That's what a football hard man is for me, and I'm going to say Vincent Company. What about Pablo? Yeah, we go with Pablo. He's, he's had a few scars and a few bandages around his head in, in, in his time. Yeah, another player I thought about would be Kevin Horlock because of that really aggressive walk that rightfully got him sent off that time. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I don't suppose either of you remember Mick Doyle, do you really, I suppose? That's, uh, I'm aware of him. You're aware. <laughs> although, although, you're talking about Bert Troutman, he once made a cocky remark to Bert Troutman after a poor showing by him, and City got battered, and he said, how's your back? So Bert Troutman pinned him up against the wall <laughs> and said, you're to clean my car for the rest of the week. They, they never played in the same side. Bert Troutman never played in the same... It was, young, it was young Mick Doyle it, it coming up. He must have been in the, in the squad of young... So I, well, so so it's a may, very old Bert Troutman. We may be correct and people can sort of get us on Twitter or Facebook, you know, at City Podcast and let us know if we got that wrong. I'm saying that Bert Troutman and Mick Doyle never played in the same side. Although Mick Doyle made his debut when he was about 12 or something ridiculous anyway. Yeah. He was like four, 14 or something stupid. But anyway, 59 years ago today. Uh, a bit more recently, uh, the weekend, Joe, you uh, made a trip to The Lane to yep. see... Uh, to, uh, you met some new mates, I understand. Reading Twitter and your yeah. Twitter feed. And this, so, so tell us about your new mates first well, before we go to the game. Well, after the game... Me and my dad went out for a meal, and after the meal, we met the the Stretford Blues, which obviously, you know, it doesn't sound quite right. The two words together sounds mutually um, exclusive. But I met them, and uh, the, the thing I loved about them was their Twitter page was uh, Blues in Blues IBC, as in Blues in Bandit Country. <laughs> so everyone uh, who listens, give them a follow. They're great lads. And what was their view of the game then? Their view was like mine that. For the first time, possibly under Pellegrini, you know, we've gone away from home to a tough team like Tottenham. We haven't necessarily had to be amazing and spank them like we did last season and like we did to United last season. But we also haven't turned up, been naive and get beat like we did off United this season, like we did off many teams. We've gone there, we've, we've played solidly, we've got a solid 1-0 away win. And I don't think we've seen anything like that since Mancini. Not at a good team anyway. We've had a few one nil away wins at poor teams when we've underestimated them. But I was really, I was really pleased with that result. I, I it was the best I felt after a game this season, probably. A lot of people have been saying that, haven't they, Dave? That you know, it's a good, good solid performance, good team performance, did enough, and uh, three points. But yeah, not you know, five. Was it five one? That was amazing yeah, the, last the, year. We were amazing. Last we were, year. That was just one of my favourite games last year. It was made all the more impressive again by. You know, a lot of the question marks that have been asked over time, you know, can City play without company? Can City play without Torre? And we did. And we managed to grind out the result. And again, it was another moment where the real class of our players told in, for the goal. We were, you know, silver, beautiful pass, incisive, gets Aguero perfectly into the channel. And I don't think I've ever seen a striker beat a keeper at the near post more than Aguero does. It was a lucky goal. I think if you talk to the Tottenham manager, he described it as a lucky goal. How the hell was that lucky for It's not lucky when you do it as many times as Aguero does. Time and time again, in at the near post. It was a lucky goal, Joe. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, anyone else trying that, nine times out of ten, that's not in the top corner. Bollocks. Aguero scores them all the time, as you said, Dave. You know, I'd back him to do that. Nine times out of ten, I'd back him to finish that. So, he's just bitter that he lost, isn't he? Which is a shame, because I didn't think that of Pochettino. What's his name? Maurizio Pochettino. 
Thank you. Uh, Morris. So, so, big Morris. <laughs> big Morris Mo, Posh. Big, big Mo. Mo. <laughs> so Big Mo thought it was... But, uh, I thought it was interesting also, you had the first time you had uh, Footballer of the Year or Young Footballer of the Year against the bloke who didn't get anywhere, of course. No one voted for Aguero because he's crap. He's going to win the Golden Boot, as we've had this on the show before, of course. So, so Aguero versus Kane then. Let's have that debate then in terms of, you know, the magnificent trophy-winning Kane against useless Aguero. No, co- no competition. Kane wins hand, hands down. And it was therefore all to see at the weekend at the lane. Well, I don't have any qualms about Kane getting in the team or anything like that. I think it's great that a young English player like that has come through, you know, and he's really showed up those other two clowns they got up front. Was it Adebayor and Soldado? The one that pissed me off about Aguero not being included was Costa. You know, yeah, it's his first season, and yeah, he's done well, but he's also an aggressive sod. He shouldn't be anywhere near that but team. You like it. You just, you, your hero is someone who punches someone's lights out, so you can't have it both. I thought you like aggressive sods. You're pulling a face here, Dave. You d- disagree about Costa. I mean, I think Costa, both Costa and Kane have got in that team not just because of their performance, but what they've sort of done for, the, for their respective clubs. Kane has filled a void and come from nowhere to, you know, get goals. That actually, without Spurs, would have had a season that we might be saying, you know, really not hitting the heights again. We're saying Spurs have had a reasonably solid season and it's been powered by Kane's, go- by Kane's goals. And Costa has been... Possibly the transforming thing about Chelsea this season, he, you know. Whereas last season they weren't, they didn't have that focal point. They weren't getting the goals in the same way. He got them off. He, maybe he tailed off a bit towards the second half of the season. But I think for what he's done for his team this season, I agree with those two selections. It's a shame for Aguero, but he was out for quite a while. He's been great when he's played. But I think, I think for me, those two just edge it. Now, the thing with Costa is, I don't think it's, I don't think he's made the difference at Chelsea. I think the rest of that team has really pulled their finger out. I mean, I think Hazard, for example, is twice the player he was last season. You know, last season he was a very good winger. This season, you know, people are talking about him as up there with Ronaldo and Messi. I think he's come on. I think, I think their back four's chemistry's developed, and you know, they've, and also they've just got a lot of players who will step in and do a job if the main one isn't there. You know, you Aspilicueta's out. They'll put um, Louise in. And, you know, as well, you know, last season they had Etu as their main striker who couldn't hit a barn door. This year their second striker is Remy and he's quality. So I'm, I don't think Costa's the big difference for them. I mean, the, the point of, an, of a good number nine like Costa is who he, how he brings people into the game. You look at the difference in Villa since they've had Benteke back. Yeah. What he's, you know, having that player to bring the rest of the game, bring it all together, I think that's been one of Costa's key, to, key contributions. And, you know, I, I heard, I think it was Shearer say it on a match of a day three or whatever we call it now. Seven. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he, he was saying that the thing that Mourinho's done so well this season is he's added power to his forward line, he's sorted his forward line out, and he's brought a creative player with guile to the centre of the pitch in Fabregas. And those two signings, for me, have been revelations and have been a big part of the sort of transformation we've seen in Chelsea this season. I mean we, we do the podcast um, here and we know the Chelsea lads quite well mm. and, and we should add our congratulations to everybody else. You know at the end of the day fair to say that they're the, the best team this season and they deserve it. Would well, that be yeah. reasonable? You know and it's easy for City fans to be fickle and say look we're the best team and we've got the best squad and we should have won it and it's this and we should have a penalty three weeks ago or whatever <laughs> it is but actually I you know from where I sit we should be sitting here congratulating Chelsea and saying well done and you know we'll be back next season well done the lads on the Chelsea podcast well done most Chelsea fans not well done the guy the Chelsea fan from the pub round the corner who's always taking the piss out of City and certainly not well done those lads who pushed the guy off the train in Paris 
Nice bit of silence there. That was deliberate. You see, that's what good broadcasters do, just leave a bit of Shock, silence. Jock. That's what we've got here. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? You're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right, Joe. But it, let, let's go back to Chelsea then in terms of why they've won it and we've not then. I know we've, we've touched on this over, over the weeks, but uh, you know, we now know that Chelsea are the champions. Yeah. We're not sure where we're going to finish. We can come back to that. But in terms of Chelsea, what do you think, Joe, are the, are the, are the key differences then? Why, why have they, you know, whether you like you know, their manager, you'll, you'll have an opinion about that as well, I'm sure. Uh, whether you like a, a section of their fans, and we'd all absolutely agree with that. And I don't know the bloke in the pub around the corner from you. If he takes the piss out of you, he can't all be bad. Uh. <laughs> no. Um, well, Chelsea have been fantastic this season. There's no doubting that. As you said, Dave, they've sorted their positions out. But the key difference with Chelsea and all the competition is when Chelsea haven't been playing well, they've been winning games. City... I mean, actually, last weekend's Villa was a bit of a, an anomaly, but we've had a lot of games this season where we've been piss poor and totally deserved to lose. And, you know, there have been a couple of occasions even where I've been annoyed that we've got... Like Hull at home, for example, we got a draw, and I, was, I actually almost wish we'd lost because we were so pathetic and toothless, and a draw made it look better than it was. And, you know, you've got, you've got your Arsenals. Yes, they've been magnificent since the turn of the year, and Sanchez and Ozil and Giroud, fantastic. But people forget how poor they were at the start of the season when Sanchez was their one player turning up and half their team were injured and obviously you know the Stretford Rangers they've played their cup final now and they're not going to win the title with that attitude are they? I think again I I promised I wouldn't come on, on here and be a stuck record but Chelsea have by far and away the best manager in the league I think he is fabulously gifted at tactically great motivator I know he's got his detractors I think he's the best there is right now I think you know, I, I would I, I would give my right arm to have him at Manchester City and all that but what he's but done on, for would Chelsea you, would you really because we've had this debate Absolutely. before would you, what, Joe you wouldn't have him at City you, you've, been, you've been someone who's you know, do you really like his attitude do you like the way he handles the press and you like the arrogance you like all of that stuff do you That's what it's the winning mentality so this, the charming man then who won us the league in his first season did it well, in a very different way we like we like to say he won us the league in his first season, but to be honest, I feel more Liverpool beat themselves and we came up we came through the back door. Oh no, we, we I, I don't not taking away from us last season, we were fantastic. And but the football, the football we played, you know that silver Aguero you talk about that. We, it was just we were we were fantastic at the back. We had the greatest goalkeeper in the league in the world potentially <laughs> last season. Last season, yeah. What Pantillamon? <laughs> He's gone. But He's doing well. He hasn't been able to turn that into something permanent to build on that, to build on that success. What Mourinho's done is he, he came into Chelsea last season, he built a platform for success, and it really came through this year. I re- and I reckon again we will see that next year again because Mourinho will not let that drop. Pellegrini, I don't think we ever thought he was a motivator. I think we thought he was tactically quite good and had managed to bring out the creative flair of a lot of our players and he hasn't managed to maintain that he's had he had a long period of time where we were looking for change and it didn't quite happen and I I don't want to get at him this week because by all accounts the Tottenham game he seemed to get his tactics right he played the 4-5-1 we'd all been screaming for Fernando had a fantastic game in that holding role you know like we've all been saying where he should play if they're going to play him Kolarov was awesome as well Kolarov Mangala as well Kolarov and Mangala had the best two games I've seen him for weeks 
Oh yeah, and, well, Kolarov hasn't played for weeks, and it's the last two weeks since he's been back, he scored a great free kick last. The thing with Kolarov is, in games where you're going forward, you just feel like he's a really good outlet to have. Where Clichy, you know, bless him, he just doesn't have that in him, does he? So where are we going to finish then? So I mean, you, you, we've already Chelsea. We know have won it. You, you're saying Arsenal have been absolutely awesome, and, and does it look? Are they going to get second the way they're playing? You can't see them slipping up. I can think you? so. No. Yeah, they've got the, the the one thing I would say we have in our favour is Arsenal have still got to play Sunderland, which right now, they, they'll deny it. It's a really tough game. They've got to play... It's, it's a team who need to stay up. They'll be even more desperate to stay up at the thought of sending Newcastle down. And that is going to be a really tough game. I mean, I have to say, I thought I was surprised at how easily Arsenal did Hull last night because I thought Hull need results. They thought they'd play the way they played against Liverpool last week. Once we've got QPI out of the way, and I'm fairly sure we'll beat them because they look shit at the moment um, we've got Swansea away and Southampton which don't look like easy games but they haven't got anything to play for so if we go there wanting to win you know maybe they'll be a bit more sort of 80% 75% rather than you know 100% so I think that's in our advantage so Dave third, third place nailed on for us Arsenal second I'd say so and fourth Liverpool I'd <laughs> It's it's so, uh, the top four sewn up. I mean, it's not an it's not been an exciting end of the season at that, and the relegation battle's been fantastic. But we'll, we'll come on to that. It's, been, yeah. it's a bit disappointing, you know, when, when it looked oh, which way's the top four going to go? Who's going to get? Who's going to get fourth? Who's going to get the Europa League places? But that seems to have all settled now, really. So yeah. you're, you're going with Stratford, are you in fourth? You think they've, they've sadly nailed. yes. But can we just talk briefly about them at the weekend? <laughs> like, oh, with, with with pleasure. I think uh, I think it was West Bromwich Albion one. Stretford also, oh, sorry, 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 no, quite, sorry, Stretford nil, quite right, thank you Joe, West Bromwich I'll be one and, and there were sort of silent fire drills going on all over the place 20 minutes before the end good of the game. Good old Jolien Lescott. Good man. Yeah, got a good result there. He's playing left back as well, you know. We love Jolien Lescott. I mean, he was always so mobile and so sort of Quick. good on the ball, and, you know. He and he was... had a wicked cross on him. <laughs> exactly. I remember just, one just game. Just bombing forward I down the line. I remember one game of him at left back actually. Well, it wasn't even at left back, we were playing... I think it was in the I can't remember when it was but I remember him even though he was playing centre back bombing up the left wing and me going what the hell are you doing up there and him getting played in and him putting a crossover he had, jet, he had all sorts of people in the box he managed to get it and it hit the other corner flag and go out for a throw in listen we love him for the weekend and uh, beating, beating them lot on the, their own patch can, um, can we look at the rest of the Premier League because you touched on some of this because it is actually I think yeah the top four is pretty much sorted and we know that um, but actually down the bottom I mean what is going on at Newcastle is that eight games on the trot they've lost eight games on the trot that is unbelievable my, um, my good friend from university is a season ticket holder at St James's Park and says there's a formula every year they start off and try and get themselves to a position and at that point, something happens. You know, they, they field a youth team in the cup so that you know, it just doesn't matter. As long Still as they're, once they're safe, once they're safe, something goes on at board level and it's, it, the season ceases to matter. I, this season, they thought they were safe. They thought they were safe and it just has collapsed. They haven't had the leadership and they haven't had the players to... And there's, there's been some press also, obviously we know the whole thing about Mike Ashley and the ownership and, and the focus being on him and, and all the fans sort of, the big campaigns to get him out. I mean, do you think that impacts on players on the pitch, the fact that a lot of the fans are focusing on, uh, you know, Ashley out campaigns, when you compare it, say, with a Leicester City, who, despite their problems, are absolutely backing their team and, and, and that stadium's rocking. They're certainly not sticking their heads in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, we'll, we might want to talk about the manager, but from the fans' point of view, despite having a dickhead of a manager, and, and, oh, and, I like Pearson, and, and despite and despite you know the predicament they've been in, they have been awesome in terms of getting behind their team. Now, is that is that a coincidence? Is is it something else? Am I just sort of being too sort of emotional about the whole thing, Joe? Or actually, do you think there's something in that? You know, backing your team from the terraces makes a difference. And Newcastle, on the other hand, so many distractions, it's having an impact. I think Leicester have sort of become the new Wigan this season, haven't they? A team that looks nailed for the drop all season and last couple of months really smashes it and gets out themselves out of trouble. And yes, I do think the fans make a big difference. Like the thing with Leicester this season, unlike a lot of sides who've been tipped for relegation is that at no point I mean can you think of a game this season where Leicester have been smashed off the park no exactly whereas you know Newcastle even when they but they were but they were bottom of the league for a long time and they were doomed for for the championship and something's happened and he's turned them round and he's got them winning which is exactly opposite to what Newcastle are doing I think if if you watch some of their games this season they do look up for it it just felt like there was I went to the game at um, King Power in December when we beat them 1-0 and we were really poor that day it was you know it's just a lucky little Lampard goal and we got the victory if Leicester had had a little bit extra that game they could have easily got a point easily got a victory but I think the big difference is like you're saying about leaders Leicester have got Esteban Cambiasso Mm. Who is still class? He's not the player he was at Inter when he was one. When I think he was one of the most underrated midfielders in the world. Another another hard man type. Thing. Oh yes, <laughs> but he's a leader. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing, and he's still got talent. Newcastle haven't got anyone like that. All they've they've got, you know, they've got. Um, they haven't. They've got a few decent players. Some of which they over their fans really overrate. Why do you like Pearson? I like him because he's honest and he says it as it is the same way I like Tim Sherwood and the same reason I like Sean Dyche they they don't stick their heads in the sand they come out and say it as it is and you know it's like it's the one thing I used to like about Stuart Pearce as well if we had a poor game he would come out and say we were a disgrace as opposed to you know oh we should have had a penalty or something so who's going to go down then QPR Burnley and Newcastle how's that for my three I've changed changed it from a couple weeks ago we haven't beaten QPR or Burnley well, but they're going I down. I still aren't they? don't think Hull are out the woods. I don't, I don't think Newcastle will go down. I think there will be a point where they just just scrape it. I, I can just see it being one of those St James's Park occasions where the fans sort of go, oh, you know, hang on a sec, this is this might happen, and you know, really pull the stops out, create an intimidating atmosphere. And the, I think I think Newcastle have not got the worst fixtures coming up as well. So I think Newcastle will just scrape it. I think Hull, Hull are in trouble, and I still don't think Villa are completely away. Oh, Villa, Villa will be fine. And what about coming up? Because obviously we know now that two. I mean, AFC Bournemouth. I mean, How what brilliant! Is what, that? A story, what a story, isn't it? That's fantastic. Beautiful. Isn't it? I've been to that stadium. Have you? I have. Yeah. Is it easy to get to? Because I might want to go there. Well, it's year. right. It's right in the middle of you know. It, 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 it's like a park. Kings Park is an area of Bournemouth. Just I, meant, I meant Bournemouth. Is Bournemouth easy to get to? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got roads yeah. and things. Got, of course, it's easy to <laughs> get to. Straight train from but the, but the Waterloo. St- the, st- the stadium itself, you know, is right bang in the middle of sort of houses. You know, you walk out of somebody's front. It's literally there, and next to the park, next to Kings Park. Um, but you know, modern modern facilities holds about three and a half thousand. Not the biggest, Joe. Well, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not Wembley. It's not it's, the Bernabeu. It's High Town Standard Stadium. It's Reachfields. Exactly. But that's that's a great story. What about their manager? He's done a good job. Yeah, it's brilliant. And and I like their chairman as well because he's a City fan, of course. And 
He had that thing, didn't he, where they interviewed him and said, who are you looking forward to playing next season? Arsenal, Chelsea, United? And he went, Man City, I'm a City fan. Brilliant. I mean, Eddie Howe is kind of... It's, it's like what, chil- or, you know, well, why I say children, I try and do this, well, try and do on Football Manager. Oh, you know, yes. you take a, t- a team from very low levels and take them right to the top and see how far you can get them. And, you know, he, he did have a spell at Burnley um, and decided he wanted to come back to Bournemouth, back, go back home, and he's taken them... A huge distance I mean they had Huge financial problems As well at one point It's a really good story I hope they can stay up I have my doubts But I think they They'll be a Welcome addition To the Premier League You know I think they've got A greater chance Of staying up Than, than Watford have I? I think I can see Watford staying up For three seasons what, Oh Watford I think Watford Are a fantastic side Spring Summer Winter <laughs> <laughs> No I, I think Watford will stay up they, Really Well they played us A couple of years Like last season Didn't they And they very nearly beat us we had to stick the cavalry on to stop that happening so I wouldn't put it past them staying up and I have a bit of a soft spot for them because my cousin supports them as well so I ate them oh yeah of course local all the like, local all my local mates support Watford I'm just because they're a Mickey they're a division three side it's a division three ground they've got a division three kit you know it's just it's a division three club and they shouldn't be in the Premier League oh, is my view I ate Watford oh Didham's all my mates support United yeah, well, that's, that's different. They've got some money, like haven't they, Kent. behind them, Watford? Is Elton not still around? No. No, I, I think so. Got Italian, they loan pretty much all of Udinese yes. one season. Yeah, absolutely. And they they've, they, yeah, I, I think, think we're going to see a few of them turning up, aren't they, wearing, wearing Watford shirts? Di Natale <laughs> coming over. But also, the playoffs as well are interesting, because Derby looked nailed on for automatic <laughs> promotion earlier, and they've really dropped out. And of the three teams, of four out of the, three out of the four teams in the playoffs, I wouldn't mind coming up. Like, Norwich is always a good place to go to, and obviously, you know, home of Alan Partridge and everything. Um, oh. Ipswich would be good, because I've got... Uh, cousins who support them and it'd be great to go over and watch the game and Brentford as well that would be fantastic because if QPR go down and Fulham aren't coming up we'll have another West London team and I've actually been to Brentford before I've, I've seen them play I saw them play this season actually at Brighton but I went to Brentford versus Gillingham last season and the great thing about them is they've got terraces behind the goal for the away fans which they'll probably have to change but you still be really close to the pitch um, there's curry houses everywhere and a pub on all four corners so so who's, who's the fourth one then? Middlesbrough. Don't want them up. They'll beat us 8-1 again. Well, I was going to say that because of all the teams we've played, I mean, obviously the FA Cup, when we played them on my birthday, you may remember, special, oh, yeah. special trip. And they were awesome. Middlesbrough just, just ripped us apart. Yeah, but I, I don't I, want them up. Good manager. Very good manager. They're a good team, but I don't I want them Karanka. up. I don't want them up. I hate Middlesbrough. Let's, uh, let's have a, a start our sort of end of term report then can we because we need to so we've only got another two or three weeks left of the podcast I think you know we need to start considering the sort of categories and the sort of things can we start with a manager and I know we've touched on it earlier on um, so many people it, it, straight answer will he be our manager at the start of next season yes no <laughs> one of you will be right <laughs> well that's that's good to know but that's it, isn't it? I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, it's probably going to be a 50-50 split if you ask all City fans. That's going to... Uh, we really don't know, do we? So who's going to take over? If he's a no, then who... who, who do... I, my concern is, a while, you know, I, I was fairly clear at the time, I wanted Simeone. Obviously, that doesn't look like gonna, it's going to happen. Gonna, not going to happen. And the, a lot of the managers who we've said, you know, we'd be interested in haven't, you know, obviously aren't, aren't, don't seem to be interested. Klopp is an option that's been going around a bit. But my fear now is if Pellegrini stays in the job, he, 
it will be in the back of his mind, it will be in the back of the players' minds that he's only there because we couldn't get the person we wanted or we're only there because we're waiting for Guardiola. Mm. I personally think it might even be worth giving Vieira the chance. Give Vieira a season to prove if he's got it because we know he can motivate players. Yeah, but he's not managed at any sort of level. They're all 12-year-olds. Nor had Enrique, nor had Guardiola. If we really want to get in the Barcelona so in, mentality. So who in the Premier League has had experience of not managing anybody apart from under, an under-12 team uh, to take a team to win the Champions League? You know, that we, it's not about... The fact it's of, never happened before doesn't mean it's not going to work. I mean, you look, if, if we are going to adopt the Barcelona system, which is bringing our coaches through, just like they bring their players through, and we know the... We're not talking someone with no Premier League experience here. We're talking possibly well, the best played. captain yeah, in Premier League history. It doesn't work, doesn't work Dave, does well, it? Captains want, don't make the best managers. If you want managers. a good captain, put Tony Adams in. Yeah, his managerial career was a roaring success. Yeah. But um, No, I, I, think, I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I'm not saying he'd be my, my first choice, but it's better than having a dead man walking in for a year. So, Joe, dead man walking. You're going to keep Pellegrini, Dave's saying dead man walking. Well, the... the I might be overreacting, but the game against Tottenham, I thought, is the first time in the years we've had him that Pellegrini has been willing to change his tactics. But Joe, it's in... about the season, and if we would have said to you, sat here at the start of the season, we're going to get knocked out of the Champions League, we're not going to win any cups, we're going to end up third or fourth in the Premier League, that's not the success that they want, that's not the success that uh, Abu Dhabi have bought into. He's got to go. I don't know, the fact that he's shown that he can change his tactics in one game against Spurs that's yeah, going to well, keep him it's only one game that Arsenal changed their tactics against us and they beat us and they turned their season round and next year I really think they could, they could be right up there for the title he's had so. enough chances I mean he's done it too late for me Wenger did it even later and he's been there for years I think there's a different ambition there though isn't there I think no I don't, I don't agree especially not now they've paid their stadium debt off I think, they're right, I think they'll be right up there next year well, we'll so, listen, over the next few weeks we're going to find out, aren't we, more about that. I think it's an interesting, we've got literally a 50-50 split. What about the players then? So let, let's just sort of round up with just a, sort of a, a brief end-of-season report on the sort of things that we need to be do- talking about over the next few weeks to, to round up the season. I think that player of the season, he won't get it. I think player of the season, in my opinion, is Fernandinho. Actually, be- you know, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Well, maybe great minds think alike. Well, the thing with Fernandinho is all season he's had to do two man's work. I noticed it first when we played Bayern away yeah. and Toure had a shocker and he was really dominating the midfield. You know, he was dominating Bastian Schweinsteiger by himself. And since then he's been... You know, we've had complaints about Toure a lot. We've had complaints about Fernando. You know, maybe he seems to be finding his feet a bit now. But Fernandinho has been consistently really good, especially after the shit summary had when they got battered in the World Cup. So, yeah, he'd be my player of the season. Player of the season for me, David Silva. I could probably say that every season he's been here. Just, But I think what he's shown this year, which he hadn't maybe shown as often in the past, is when everything was going wrong, when the chips were really down, especially when we had no strikers. He seemed to take on a lot of the burden himself. Sometimes he'd be completely marked out the game, but for me, David Silva is one of those players who you can rely on, never to go completely missing he'll either have a great game or he'll be marked out the game and take players out of it just by his presence I, th- I think silver for me but the player I've warmed to most over the course of the season James Milner and I'll be gutted to see him go he's he, going he's, he's gone going. he's gone we he's know gone. that another player I think is a definite contender especially after having an awful season last year is Joe Hart he's really come on 
from last year. And having a run like that can really derail a play. You know, you look at someone like Casillas, one of the best keepers in the world, and he really hasn't recovered since the World Cup. But Hart, this season, the weekend he was magnificent. Barcelona away, he was magnificent. Bayern away, where we just lost 1-0, he was really good. He made three or four really important saves at the end of the United game, the goals of win in November. He's had some really, he's, he's really starting to win us points again, which I haven't seen him do since we won the title under Mancini. And neither of you mentioned Aguero. Leading goal scorer, golden boot, hasn't even, as you said, Davies had quite a few injuries. Imagine what he'd been if he played, played every game, he'd be up to 30-odd goals. A bit obvious though, isn't it? Maybe a bit obvious. It's, you can't win win games by. There's no team. debate. But that, that's the thing. You said, imagine if he played all those games. I mean, for me, he's had a good season. But for I think silver across the whole season, across the whole picture, I, I'm I'm back in silver. Could Aguero do it without silver? Maybe, maybe not. Could Silva do it without Aguero? Yes, of course he could. He could feed to any striker in the world and make them. You know, you could potentially get some championship striker and put him in the same team as Silver. as long as he's a good finisher he'll get chances and he'll score goals so I think Silver is the one that makes it all tick so I think so a show. Fernando Yaya Mangala who gets your worst player of the season one of those three or is it somebody else Yaya because of last season Mangala and Fernando have got the excuse it's their first year and they have, what's been good is they've improved as the season goes on you know my nightmare scenario is a player has a good start and a bad end like you know you look at Negredo last year never recovered you know Shamak when he first joined Arsenal never recovered but you know the, those two they've improved as the season's gone on which you know is good and I think next year they could be important players for us if used correctly so I'll go with Yaya Yaya has disappointed me most but Again, I feel Fernando's been maligned for the fact that he's not been played in position. He is, as I say every time, he's an anchor man. He's the the holding midfielder in a 4-5-1. He's a water carrier. He can't pass the ball forward, so don't make him. And I don't think Mangala has been half as bad as everyone's saying. I think he's young. He's a young defender. He's had a ridiculous price tag placed on his head but I think he's got everything to be a very good defender and I just hope we don't write him off in the way we did with Nastasic well Nastasic didn't even deserve it did he no well listen over the next few weeks we're coming to the end of the season we will be debating uh, some of these categories so if you've got any ideas on uh, on categories or the sort of things we should be talking about please let us know uh, on Facebook or follow us on Twitter which is at City Podcast and let us know your views well you can tweet me as well because I'll put the list together again if you like that's very good of you Joe thank yeah. you and um, well I'll have to get rid of the Javi Garcia awards won't I um, if we want to do worst player actually another player we could throw in is Boyata he's not really had much of a chance has he to yeah be but fair. when he's played he's been crap how many, how many hours what about Bonnie you could put Bonnie in he that category right as well he was alright at Sunderland he was alright at Sunderland but he was inept in the community shield what about Bonnie you know the, the brand new striker he's, uh, had, no. he's had a few chances no. he's, no. he's scored he, once hasn't he he will score a lot of goals next season Bonnie is definitely good. It's, it's a very hard thing to do. Be signed while you're away on international duty for 30 million for a massive club like City. It is a very, it's pretty much a nightmare situation for a, strike, for a striker like that to come into with all that pressure on him. I think that next season he will be. I mean, I think it will be a bit like Jekko. Remember his first season. His second season was really good. Difference being, I think Bonnie's got more about him than Jekko. So I think we'll see a top player next season. His confidence will go up. His work rate will go up, and the goals will come. I think, I think for me it's been a function he seems to be long confidence and he isn't maybe putting himself about as much as he would be if he felt felt he was you know on form and what about the weekend what about the weekend then what about our next game then Joe talk us through that then QPR at home 
Well, it could go either way. It depends what cute, how cute... Can we send them down? I think we can send them down, can we? Do they need... Or, uh, or, or, mathem- yeah. Who knows, mathematics? I don't actually like sending teams down. What happened last time we could have sent QPR down? <laughs> Yeah, We've got it in, we have to mention it every no, week. Well, we didn't, because Bolton drew at Stoke. So yeah, it was possible. Actually, actually, thanks to Stoke for winning us the league. Um, <laughs> thanks no. to Joey Barton. Well, well, you say that. If they, hadn't, they, if they kept that wall up, it wouldn't have made any difference. <laughs> QPR, it depends what mentality they come with. If they come to City thinking, right, this is a game, we're really up for this. City aren't the best team at the moment. We really... Everyone's proved this season if you can hold them out, you can get a draw, you can get a result. Let's go there with the right attitude. We can stay up. Then it'll be a very, very tough game. I think it'll be a harder game than Swansea and Southampton. If they come to City thinking, oh, God, we're terrible. We get, we're down already, effectively. Our City just going to spank us. Then we will spank them. They're all on Sundays as well, which is exciting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1.30, isn't it? Yeah. So QPR, and then we've got Swansea the following Sunday, and then Southampton. So what we'll do over the next few weeks, we'll start to compile our end-of-season report on this magnificent club. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for both coming, coming into the studio especially. Joe Doherty. Thank you, everyone. And Dave Hodgson. Thank you for having me. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.